we're down. No, I'm Scott. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Scott. <laughs> episode number 202 i'm your host matt and i'm ash and we're down and i'm scott <laughs> hey it's me scott scott might drop in later we're not sure so if, he... if you hear him all of a sudden uh he's on <laughs> <laughs> scott's busy instead Dad... you got the two sleepiest members of yeah, appropriate right now <laughs> we're recording this super late so this will be <laughs> We're going to see if we can fill 30 minutes. That's the goal. Yeah, if we hit 30 <laughs> minutes this week, we're proud of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So that, you mean, for those of you who've been listening to us for a while, our goal is to do a show every week, no matter what. So even yeah. if like one day everyone's out, one of us will literally sit here and talk to ourselves on the podcast. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. That would be amazing, though. I'm waiting for that to happen. <laughs> it would be so horrible, dude. That would be wonderful. Would be the worst I want to hear the Scott cast. It's just like an hour of Scott complaining about Amiibos. <laughs> You could, I bet if you tried to count the ums, you would get a nosebleed. <laughs> I think I say like a lot. I think that's my, I don't know thing. what I say. I just say stupid shit all the time. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this, this, this episode is brought to you once again by Loot Crate. Loot Crate's the uh, monthly box of awesome that you get in the mail for, for a little, uh, little fee. And uh, this month's theme is Unite. Uh, we're gathering all our friends, painting animal-shaped robots, our favorite colors, and prepping for an epic team-up. Why? Well, two heads are better than one. There's strength in numbers, and we had like ten whole notebooks full of awesome unused band names. Did you ever have that? Did you ever make band names like or, or like? I did a lot names of, like, of stuff. Names of stuff like character names or like website names. Yeah, I did. I did have a band once. Um, we yeah, were, you played bass, right? Yeah, we were absolutely horrible. What um, was your band name? Uh, we were the Twerps. <laughs> Think that, awesome. I think that was the name that we came up with. And we got Punk invited to so play. Yeah, we got invited, invited to play one show, but we literally could play like nothing. <laughs> we could play like maybe like five Bikini Kill songs. Scott, <laughs> Scott and I's high school band name was Fusion. <laughs> so terrible. Hey, they named a Ford after it. So we, uh, Our first album was Slow Children, No Hunting. And we took, we took the Slow Children sign that's like in neighborhoods and we put yeah. a No Hunting sign with it. And that was our joke. <laughs> It was pretty, pretty oh, terrible. Oh, high school. I love Thankfully, it. we've grown since then. Yeah. Uh, so back to Loot Crate. <laughs> I just, the band names thing always makes me chuckle. Uh, <laughs> I definitely had that. Just like books of band names or like comic books I wanted to make that made no sense. Like, you know, I actually made one with a friend. Uh, this, we're getting off topic. <laughs> That's right. So get, set loot to crate. Loot get set to travel across dimensions, battle evil, capture some flags, and just plain have fun. We've got awesome exclusives from Marvel's Avengers. Power Rangers, Team Fortress 2, Bravest Warriors, Rick and Morty, and more, plus another awesome exclusive licensed t-shirt. So uh, thank you, Loot Crate, for, for uh, you know being a, a help to this show. And thank you, you guys, that go out to LootCrate.com slash RatedNA and use the code RatedNA and you get 10% off and you help out the podcast. So seriously, thank you. Yes. Uh, we appreciate every single sign up that happens. So it's awesome. Let's do the rundown. Oh, rundown. 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 
Um, this week, we, we were kind of searching for stuff to do. So we're going to go over some of these shows that were surprisingly canceled this season. Mm, so many. I know. There were a lot. And um, we're also going to take a look at or at least discuss some of the big trailers that dropped this week because there were a whole lot like Legends of Tomorrow and Gem and the Holograms. Um, we're going to look at the good old games uh, galaxy. And um, Scott's not he might. Well, if Scott shows up, we're going to talk about Silver Amiibos. This is <laughs> this is important business. <laughs> I held I was like, I was like, we can't talk about this unless Scott shows up because you and I will just be like, yeah, Silver Amiibo. <laughs> silver, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> Um, so maybe we'll talk about silver amiibos if Scott shows up, it'll be like breaking news. We'll do like the, like Scott will show up. Um, we're actually going to review a montage of heck, which is the HBO documentary about Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, which is, um, you know, available right now on HBO. We, we check that out. So we'll talk about that. And we're going to kind of briefly in a spoiler free way, talk about shield season two. And we might, and I'm using a little, Little finger finger There's quotes so here. So many we need to talks so that we need to do. I know we might do a we need to talk Shield season two, time permitting. So that would be pretty cool. And in our question of the week, um, I was literally literally laying there in bed and I looked at some of the things that in, in my recommended Netflix queue, and it was totally ridiculous. So I was wondering what our listeners had in their recommended Netflix queue, and you guys gave us a ton of awesome responses uh, as to what is in your recommended Netflix queue, and it's it's silly and fun. But what I kind of discovered is that you guys have awesome taste, because none yeah, of them were like super terrible. They're like all really good shows, so you guys have good taste. So Matt, what have you been up to? Hey! <laughs> You sure you want to go with me? <laughs> sure, let's do it. All right. Um, this week was like a weird blur. Uh, your wife was in town for like two days of it. I know, right? And uh, and so then... I heard, I heard she didn't feel well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, she honestly like... Uh, I, she just I think she just pushed herself to the point of like exhaustion. Oh, like I think sure. it was just ridiculous. Like I think she went out and and like you know she got here and of course all the sisters are here so it's like when you put the three of them together they just want to get everything in. Like they have to pack a whole like you know months worth of hangouts into into yeah. a day and a half. So uh so they just she got in like her flight was delayed and then by the time she got in it was like 5 and then they went to dinner and then they had drinks and they went out and I think they didn't get home until like midnight. And at that point, she had been going for like 17 hours straight or something yeah, ridiculous. Sure. So I think she was just absolutely exhausted. And then she woke up not feeling good the next morning. So I felt really bad for her. She um, survived. I, I know how that came, is. Came home and passed out. I assumed uh, that's what happened. But so I stayed home. Saturday, they went to like a baby shower together. So I stayed home and and uh, watched a montage of Heck and uh, some other some other TV shows like did a little catch up. I actually did. This isn't in my list, but I actually worked on my budget for like six hours on Saturday. (laughs) It was insane. I, we have, we use this software called YNAB, which I highly recommend if anybody needs budgeting software, it's pretty amazing. But I like was reading forums about how to use it properly and like looking up theories on like how to budget. And, you know, it's kind of like, we just were terrible at budgeting. Like we're really not good at it at all. So I was like trying to figure out a way that makes sense so that we can budget. So that was like, I did that literally all day long and just kind of like watch TV in the background montage of heck. I concentrated on, but otherwise, no, I hear that. I, that, I need to, I need to do something like that because I'm also very terrible at budgeting things. Yeah. 
if anybody uses YNAB out there, like tweet at me and let me know because I actually love it. And there's a weird community around it using it. It's called You Need a Budget is, is why it's YNAB. I'm also y- kind of curious if I can like make a category called caffeine. What? How much I spend on caffeine per year? It's probably it's, like a mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can get like – and that's the thing with YNAB is that it's not like – you track things manually, like you put in all your purchases into it and there's like a phone app you can use to do it. And, uh, so you can make like little niche categories if you really just want to see how much you spend on different things. It's kind of amazing. That's cool. Kind of ridiculous. But anyway, so I did that. And then Sunday we got kind of a bug up our butt about, um, we have this like second bedroom and, uh, we that's where I record. We use it as like an office sort of, and when people stay, they can stay here. And it's just really cluttery. And we finally just decided, like, we had a couple friends move uh, into a new place, so we gave them some of our furniture. So we went to we did an IKEA run. Oh, did an IKEA run? Yeah, we got like two CD towers and like a wardrobe, and just like took some like we got rid of furniture that really didn't make sense, and got furniture that did. And like that's I highly recommend this to anyone who feels cluttered or like their house is weird or like going out and getting furniture that fits your house as opposed to just using whatever rando furniture you have already is really nice like the rooms feel bigger all of a sudden like they feel right now they kind of all go together yeah, it's... our old bedroom for like the first couple of years christine and i were together had her dressers from when she was like five yeah they were like oh i remember that you had those tiny <laughs> tiny unicorn dresses oh my gosh They're like, they could hold like one pair of my pants in each drawer <laughs> i was like what is this like a little a little person dresser uh, i forgot about that yeah. yeah good good deal but yeah, so we did that, and then I, that was like basically every night this week, except for last night was your and Melissa's birthday. Happy it birthday, was. man! Thanks, man. Thanks. You worked it though. I did. I went to work. I'm taking tomorrow off though, so I just kind of right. shifted my birthday around. Yeah, I decided I had some meetings at work, and then they got canceled uh, for tomorrow. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. So I'm you gonna. Said they give you your birthday, right? Like they do. Was... They give you your birthday, but you can kind of shift it around. So right. I'm just I just shifted it to Friday, and then my uh, family's coming into town. So mm-hmm. hopefully I I actually celebrate this weekend because I didn't really on the birthday, yeah. which is That's a bummer. yeah. But you know what was weird? I kind of I, I texted or or slacked you and Scott this like for the normally my tradition is to skip work on my birthday or just right. don't don't go or whatever call out. Um, this was the first year I kind of wanted to go to work because <laughs> yeah. I actually like what I'm doing. So it was, nice, it, man. it was surreal, right? I was like on the way, I'm like, yeah, this won't be that bad. I'll do what I got to do and then I'll go home. So it, it's, it, it was very, a strange experience because I used to avoid work on my birthday, like the plague. So the first time I ever felt that was like, uh, I went, it was when I was started at Showtime and I went on vacation and I was like, it was just to Florida, I think it was just hanging out with family, but I like actually missed work and I was like checking in on hip chat and like seeing what was going on. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. Is everything going all right, guys? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And I was like, oh, I actually enjoy the place I work at. So I don't mind it so much. I you know? think when something is being made and there's like yeah. progress in, in the building of something, anything, it's exciting to see progress, you know? Yeah. So you, yeah. you kind of, when you're not around it, you kind of miss that seeing yeah. new new and interesting steps. That's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, the only other thing I did was uh, New York Comic Con tickets went on sale this nice. week, and Melissa and I were like, "Oh, let's go." We didn't go; it falls on our anniversary every year, so we didn't go last year. But I was like, oh, "We'll go," you know, whatever. They sold out in thirty minutes. I Eesh. forgot to log in right away, and I was like, "Oh," and I get there at three forty, 
and all they had left was Friday and Thursday passes. So Yikes. I picked up a Friday pass, like, well, whatever, we'll just take Friday off and like go for a day. And I mean, we live here, so it's not like we have to travel to New York Comic Con. So. That's true. So we're doing just one day there, and but it was the same kind of. It was smooth seeming, like it didn't seem like sites were going down or anything, but it definitely was the same kind of like harried race to get tickets, which is kind of it's kind of killing me. I don't know what's going on. It's a little. It's a little rough, insane. man. Well, I mean, we uh, you know, Pax tickets yeah. were on sale the other day, and Pax does hotels and tickets the same day. So which. I don't know about that. It's bonkers, man. It's ridiculous. So like I was, <laughs> I, t- I joked with you guys, but I have text notifications when Pax t- tweets yeah. anything. And I was literally on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the toilet and my phone goes off and I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I just gotta hurry. I was just like powering through it to get back to my desk so I could, you know, try to get a, a meeting, right? Yeah, I had to, you know, I got in the queue for the hotel and then I had a meeting that I couldn't miss. So I was like, Matt, get us a hotel. Yeah. It was horrible. Like my butt hurt. It was just bad. It was a bad situation. It was one of those like magical moments where I wasn't in like nine meetings and doing interviews and all this other stuff. So yeah. I was like, oh, I have, I actually have time to sit here and get a hotel room. Yeah. And the, actually getting the hotel room was, was smooth. There was not an issue at all. Yeah, there, was there wasn't any weird like lag or anything like that no. on my end. So they did a good job with that. Yeah, they did a good job. It wasn't too bad. But uh, what have you been up to other than your birthday? Yeah, well, um, my wife was gone, so I kind of had like 48 hours of like Macaulay Culkin, you know, <laughs> Home Alone, Stop the Burglar, fun times. Uh, played some games, played some more Bloodborne, got a bit further, still kind of suck at it, but it's fun. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, kind of one of those torturous games. I really like the aesthetic of it. It's like this kind of dark gothic game, so it's it's it reminds neat me to... Of- did you ever look at? Did you ever watch the anime Vampire Hunter D? Yeah, I remember that from like the nineties, right? Yeah, it sort of reminds me of that for some reason. It is know. very Vampire Hunter D. Yeah, kind of very lanky characters and yeah, yeah. It, so it's cool. It's um, I don't know if I'll actually end up finishing it to be honest, uh, right. because there isn't the narrative to me isn't you know all that strong, and that's usually what pulls me into games. So um, we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll play some tomorrow and get a little bit further and see how I feel. But um, on my my uh, day off or wife out of town off, I went and saw Age of Ultron a second time. <laughs> so, so yeah. what were your feelings second time around? Uh, it's hard. Like some of the fight scenes I really did enjoy. My my feelings didn't change from what we talked about on the last show on 201. So right. I, didn't, I didn't really like it any more or any less, which is good and bad right so right you know i was expecting to like really notice a lot of things that i enjoyed more but a lot of the things that we talked about like the thor in the bath and some of the things that i've been reading about like you know people kind of forcing joss whedon's hand in certain scenes yeah i noticed that a lot more this time um i you know i kind of felt like a lot of the narrative was was forced uh because of what's gonna have to happen in the marvel cinematic universe so because of that, I was like, oh, man, like the overall arc of the story could have been a lot better if they did this, this and this. But right. I mean, it, dude, it was still fucking awesome. <laughs> like <laughs> it was still awesome. So I'm just you know, nerd nitpicking. But um, yeah. yeah, it doesn't it feel weird, though. It feels like when you look back, you get like I read this huge, you know, think piece on it, like on Medium or something that Wired posted. it. I think that was like Marvel's killing the popcorn movie. And here's why. And it was like basically about how they're jamming too many characters in. There's no time for like any kind of story arc. A lot of the fights like are so formulaic that that they're the same from movie to movie. Like it's the same fight, like same arc of fights and structure in mm-hmm. the story. 
And I was like, I guess. But then part of me was like, at the same time, <laughs> the quality level is relatively high on all of it. And, yeah, you know, even awesome. a, one of the bad Marvel movies is still like a pretty fun, good movie. So, you know what I found myself really excited about is um, after I saw it the second time, I kind of was longing for Ant-Man because mm-hmm. I, I want something that's a little bit smaller in, in size and scope, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. The, the fact that it'll be just like, oh, it's about one dude and, you know, him discovering his powers. I'm like, okay, that's just simple. Like there's not 12 superheroes like zipping around the screen. Right. You know? So it's like there's just like one dude that can turn yeah. small. Which so. I think – I mean that was ultimately the point of the article. And I do agree with that, that like this Avengers movie especially felt very gluttonous on the character side. And then um, Captain America looks like it's going to have 50 people in it too. Mm-hmm. So – that it's a lot, but at the same time, I don't know. I it, there's something to be said for for being able to go and have fun, even if there is a formula to it. You know, like Guardians has the same formula of, of the MacGuffin and all that kind of stuff, but yet was just a blast all the way through it. You know, so, yeah, for sure. We'll see. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break and talk about some news. All right. breaking news breaking news scott has arrived and we're just in time to talk about silver amiibos oh no (laughs) (laughs) have you heard about this scott did you guys already uh you you put your pre-order in for silver mario amiibo yet so scott this is actually a news item only if you showed up so can you tell us um a little bit about silver amiibos (laughs) Uh, sure. I think they, <laughs> the Nintendo announced that they're releasing a silver Amiibo. So they the previously Mario. released, yeah, silver Mario Amiibo. They released a gold one um, that was exclusive to Walmart because when I think of gold, um, the first thing I think of is Walmart, um, <laughs> which is a, a fantastic exclusive um, item. Uh, <laughs> and so they're going to do a silver one. It's going to be released on May 29th and they claim it's going to be available to um, just about every retailer and maybe you'll get one, but we'll see. (laughs) It's funny because a lot of the news stories online say things like silver Mario Amiibo will be available for $13. And you're like, yeah, sure. $13. If you can find one or, you know, $60 if you go on eBay. So it's funny that they quote the price in there because all the Amiibos are the same price. Right. So, uh yeah so there's there's your mario amiibo update <laughs> well we're Thanks. glad you made it for that it's Thanks, gonna be man. silver yeah all right you can go now I'm just <laughs> you could probably you could probably take uh you know your regular mario amiibo and spray paint it silver spray paint it. And yeah you'd probably get the same same effect i'm pretty sure you know you mean well, it's not made out of actual precious metals no i don't think it is not at all <laughs> yeah well welcome you know, scott we're glad you made it hey Hey, so, uh, you know, I thought I would just drop in for a few minutes in between diaper changes to see how see how the show is going, see how you guys are doing. Good, man. It's uh, we're, we're doing the news. Oh, cool. And we did, uh, you know, the beginning of the show. <laughs> oh, good. OK, yeah, so we got that part done and we're just kind of plowing through this. You want to talk about some some shows that were canceled? Uh, well, um, 
what you know, it was pretty simple, right? NBC canceled everything except for Grimm, which I <laughs> tell everyone to watch. Right. So Parks and Rec is on this, but Parks and Rec didn't technically get canceled, right? The show was over, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it got it, it was yeah. over. Yeah. So. yeah, 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 yeah. They canceled yeah. Parenthood though. That's kind of crazy, right? No, that show. Well, I mean, it's gone. Or is it ending it, too? That was ending. It no, it no. ended. I don't know if they were prepared to end it, but it had an ending. Oh, okay. Did it. So that show, yeah, that well, happened. The as well. thing that we're looking at, the list that we're looking at, um, Entertainment Weekly came up with a list of shows that were canceled and how much you care about it. So, you know, what shows are you m- the most pissed off um, about that got canceled? Number one on the list was Forever, which I never watched. Um, I never did either. But it was on after. Um, it was on after Modern Family, I think. Was it? So I'd always catch the first minute, and the first minute always looked interesting, but I never watched anything beyond yeah, that. Yeah, I um I don't really care for the main actor. He was the guy that played Reed, Reed Richards in the yeah. uh, Fantastic Four films, yeah. and he was like the worst Reed Richards ever, so I could never watch <laughs> forever, and uh, it's a bummer because that's, that's top of the list. Number two is a show that um our friend Mylan uh, said was her favorite show, which is The Mindy Project. Did you guys ever oh, watch this? I did. But the um, the writing, at least in the latter seasons, was very uneven. So uh, okay. you would watch like a fantastic episode and you'd be like, oh, that's really like funny or, you know, the characters, something they did was really sweet. And then you'd watch another episode that seemed completely um, tonally different from, you know, the one before it. And like the plot was very unstructured and the, kind of like the whole episode didn't really make any sense. That's uh, weird when that happens. The yeah. The show always – and I realize it's called The Mindy Project, but the show – for me seemed to have a really interesting cast of characters. Like I liked all the sub characters on the show, um, but it never really did the, you know, parks and recreation or office or whatever name your other kind of sitcom that's mm-hmm. on TV. It never really did the thing of like exploring all of those other characters. It didn't feel like to me, I kind of gave up on it. I think after season one, mm, yeah. but it, it just, it just never really seemed to do that. It was always about the main doctor guy and Mindy. It felt like, Right. And I, I'm hesitant to say, I don't want to say that the show went downhill. It just kind of went off in weird directions as right. if, you know, as if they had people, teams of people writing the show, but they couldn't really agree on the same voice for right. the direction of the show, mm-hmm. huh. which is unfortunate. But um, there's a rumor that Hulu might pick up that show and, yeah. uh, for, for further seasons. We will see. Yeah. Through the internet. Yes. Yeah. Um, um Go ahead, so Scott. what else is on the list? Bad Judge, right? That's number three. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Nope. No Bad Judge? I no think, one really cared about Bad Judge. I don't even – it was so low on the it's list. It's two, two and a half percent of the poll cares oh, about Bad there Judge. Oh, there it is. Yeah, two and a half. It was a good show. That show was just starting to find its rhythm when it got canceled, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> the saddest one is Mulaney with 0.39% caring. <laughs> God. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was poor, weird. Yeah, that John show Mulaney. got canceled after like two or three episodes. Though. I think that was literally that was the first show that was canceled this season. That show Here. had the weirdest tone to it for comedy, though. Like, and I love John Mulaney, and I tried to watch that show multiple times, and I was like, I do not understand what he's doing. Mm. It felt like it was like supposed to be a joke about like being a joke about Seinfeld. Like, it felt like it was like three jokes in a row, like sort of. Oh, jeez. Mm. But it was very weird. It was very off-putting. Yeah, it looks like Constantine got uh, canceled. Yeah, axed. Yeah, which is which is well, they ended up changing so much. I never, I never saw an episode. I had, when it, it, when was it ever on? <laughs> I don't know. I think they Friday nighted it honestly, but I don't oh, know. that might have been it. Um, I had seen a couple episodes of About a Boy. It was it was yeah. funny ish. I liked okay. it. it. Wasn't bad. 
the main actor guy continues his streak of getting every show he's ever been on canceled. Canceled. <laughs> yeah. He's been on like I'm not even kidding, like five or six canceled. Oh no, shows. I know. I've watched Is it the, the Curse of the Glau? Is it the same? He definitely same has idea? the Curse of the Glau, right? Yeah. Uh, he plays the me. same character. Yeah, marry me. I'm kinda of bummed about that. But to be like, honest, Christina and I were talking and we never actually laughed at this show. We watched it, but we never laughed out loud. <laughs> I wa- I laughed, I think. But, Did you? But, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't uh, riotous laughter every time, but it, but I liked the show enough. Like it was, I thought it was funny. I like riotous laughter. Thank you. I like the <laughs> idea behind that. <laughs> and there's a lot on here that I never really watched. Mentalist had been on for several seasons. That one's off. Um, I never saw the following with Kevin Bacon. That one. That actually... show had the most aggressive advertising I've ever seen in my life. It would be like, like a picture of a bunch of dudes in masks getting on a train and then like slicing a guy's throat. And I'm just like, what is this show? Uh, like, I remember that. I remember that from season <laughs> one. Yeah. This advertising was so insane. I just could not keep up with what was going on on it. Yeah. But anyway, it's uh, it's interesting. It's sort of the axed off. Yeah. Well, selfie. Poor selfie. <laughs> oh, that show was funny, guys. I'm telling you. Watch it on uh, watch it on Hulu. All the episodes are on there. Mm. It was uh, good. It was good. I'm telling you. Yeah. At least chuckle worthy. <laughs> oh my god! I just read one of the names wrong. <laughs> At the very bottom, there's one called Weird Loners. <laughs> oh, did you th- you thought it said Weird Boners? Didn't you? I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no wonder that would get canceled. Like, uh, are you guys gonna watch Weird Boners this week? I'm glad I made it here just in time for that. What if it was just a bunch of like pubescent boys walking around with awkward boners? <laughs> oh. <laughs> awkward. A very illegal show all of a sudden. Well, no, you wouldn't see them. They'd be wearing clothes. Like, you know, come on. Everybody's with me. <laughs> come on. I don't, know if, come on. I don't know if we're chiming in on this one. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, views of Matt do not necessarily <laughs> represent right? the views right. that are appropriate. So there is our, our brief list of shows that were canceled. We're glad to inform you <laughs> that all the things you like yeah, are gone, including weird boners. If you uh, like, you like to show on NBC, you no longer like that show on NBC. Yeah, NBC basically is redoing everything except for grand bitches. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're really trying to figure you. out what NBC is post 30 rock in the office. And like, yeah, you know, they had all these big comedy shows and I think they just don't know what they're doing now. Probably. We'll um, yeah. This little um, news item is kind of a multi-news item. What's up, Scott? Oh, I was going to say, I, I can't really stay too long, so I was wondering if we could throw a wrench into the show real quick. What's sure. that? Cool. So I wanted what I wanted to talk about briefly before I have to go again is I want to talk about um, Assassin's Creed Chronicles China that just came out. I actually had the time to play something for a few minutes, so I'm really excited about this. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Sweet. So are you guys familiar with the game, what it is? This Here, is the this is the side scrolling action game, right? Yeah. So um Assassin's Creed Chronicles China is a what they call like a two point five D um stealth action game in the spirit of Assassin's Creed, but it sort of looks like a um if you've played Mark of the Ninja, it kind of like is in the same vein as a game like that, but it's more assassin's creed than it is mark of the ninja if that makes any sense or if the two games had a baby we like to do this a lot in music right if assassin's creed and mark of the ninja had a baby it would be ac chronicles china cool yeah and um what is really great about the game is is one of those games that if you are one of those um stealth fanatics where you want to do everything perfectly 
and you want to navigate the levels without killing anybody to get the best possible score, the game encourages you to play that way. At the same time, the game also allows you to do all the things you like to do in Assassin's Creed, like sneak up and um, kill people with stealth. And if you want to get into fights, you can, even though it doesn't really work to your advantage. Um, so that part of the game is really fun. Um, the environments in the game are gorgeous and it's really cool. Um, you know, when they call the game, when they say that the game is 2.5, do you think, Oh, you know, it's going to be like a side scrolling game that just has sort of a very deep perspective view. So it's like, it's going to look like it's 3d, but it's actually not. But what they do in this game is that they actually have you transition between as you're traversing the level, you move in and out of portions of the environment. So you'll like, run you know away from the screen essentially into like a new part of the level and then Hmm. you'll be running like back towards the screen you know to get to other other parts of the level right so it kind of does this weird um thing with depth where um environments are hidden behind other environments you kind of come back and forward in the environment in sort of a more enhanced two and a half d than just a traditional like oh it's side scrolling but there's depth you know oh cool yeah that's cool yeah so it's really neat and uh I've played through about three of the levels and what they seem to be doing is they, you know, gradually give you um, a series of abilities that you can use to sort of tailor your play style. So I think it's really, it's a really neat and interesting game. And, um, you know, it's, it is Assassin's Creed, but I think that the game is worth investigating just sort of as a standalone game. Um, you know, if you're an Assassin's Creed fan, obviously you should at least take a look at this game, but um, even if you are not an Assassin's Creed fan, I think this game has um, enough merit to stand on its own and is is worth worth looking into. Just because it's, I don't know, if like I said, if you liked Mark of the Ninja and you like playing those kinds of games where it's like it's a puzzle but it's combat and there's some climbing and you know part of the puzzle is trying to figure out how to um, climb your way through the levels while avoiding enemies and doing things like that. I think it's really a fascinating game and uh, you know so far like the you know, the pacing feels right in terms of the abilities and the challenges. Um, I think the game is actually hard in the sense that if you want to go through completely stealth-like, I think that you're actually supposed to probably play through the game twice, um, you know, the second time after you have all your abilities and and things like that in order to actually get the best possible score. But I'm trying cool, the way it is now, so it's it's really neat. So that's kind of what I wanted to come here and talk about. I saw the advertising. I saw the advertising for it, and if it's of course gorgeous because like all of the advertising for every Assassin's Creed always looks like amazing. Yeah. But but when I first saw it, I got a little excited because I thought that the next full game was going to be in China. I didn't realize what was going on at first, and I was like, that would be amazing. I didn't even think about China, and then I was like, oh, oh, it's like a side scroller. I was like, oh, that's still cool. So yeah, I think this particular assassin either had a like a little um, animated film made about her or a oh yeah 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 or like a, a graphic novel or something because i think her connection to the story is that she was um mentored by either i want to say she was mentored by i'm so bad at history it was it's either altair or um or Ezio, but i can't remember who her mentor was probably huh. be altair yeah. yeah in terms of the timeline and yeah. uh, so you know she is connected to the universe it's not a completely new character but um it is it is pretty fascinating that's cool. And uh so that's that. And then uh I don't know, before I have to run, um do you do you guys wanna share some feelings about Shield real quick before before I go? Sure. I know we're doing things out of order. Really <laughs> Will the listeners the... be able to handle it? Yeah. I don't know. Can they hang with our, you know, unstructured 
random topic format i i hope i think they can. i think they can do it uh, so we're, yeah. we're kind of doing this spoiler free version now yes that's fine we can do that where do you want to start <laughs> i don't know man i um you know we we you know i just i just actually now finished this before walking in here so oh nice I, I, yeah we kind of like wrap so you that have up. feelings yeah i have a lot so- of feels well, let's let's put it this way. Like, let's start with this. What were your feelings on season two, sort of overall? Like the arc of the team, and what happened to the team, and you know the return. I, this isn't. Can we spoiler stuff from season one? Right. We yeah, that, right? yeah, that we can spoil. Yeah. Sure. The the sort of return of Ward and what happened there. Like, what was your feeling of of that in general? Let's say. I you know I think that um, while I was watching season two, I sort of did not like the way that season two was going, but now that it's finished, I get it. And I like it, you know, like looking back, I I think I had some questions about the directions that they were going with certain characters and why people were doing certain things. And, Mm -hmm. um, we got into some weird territory with characters, um, allegiances and things like that, not to spoil anything. And, um, you know, now I feel like they've tied some things up nicely while also creating, um, a lot of different storylines for season three. I mean, yeah, I really feel yeah. like, I mean, they've, they've, you know, it's not just one thing. I feel like there are many different things that are going to happen in season three. And I think that's really exciting. What did you guys think? I mean, I think as a whole, it's amazing. Cause so much happened this season. Yeah. If you think about like, this is, they, they introduce like Mac and Bobby and Hunter and like, you know, so many characters were just kind of brought into the fold this season. And then they have, you know, really interesting arcs. All of them have interesting arcs this season. So, you know, just at the, the sheer scale of things, I actually, I did enjoy it. I kind of felt like the whole um, team on the run thing should have been a little, should have been done a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause season one ends with them like very down and out, you know, like they don't really have much going for them. You know, Shield is is gone. Well, they're not and, down and out. They're kind of like the scrappy team that can. Like, like yeah, they're given they're given, yeah. they're given big big responsibility and told like, hey, you know, you got no resources, but you're going to need to figure this out. And then they were all like, we're going to do this. You know. Mm-hmm. But um, I I feel like it kind of like they didn't uh, throw it right way to articulate this. I felt like they weren't. I feel like they should have been more, you know, at the end of season one, how they're like all sitting around the pool, like ordering pizza. And they're just kind yeah. of like, you know, they're not <laughs> even a team anymore. Well, they get like a base at the very end of the season. And then it just felt like everything was kind of, to me, at least like somewhat normal. Like they had lots yeah. of money. They had a couple, you know, they had a couple planes. It's just like, okay, well, you're not like really struggling. <laughs> like, not really down and out after all. Yeah. You're, right? you yeah. know, you're, yeah. you're, you figured it out pretty quickly, but, um, you know, overall, I, I did enjoy the arc. Um, I, I liked, I mean, we can say the Inhumans are in it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's safe to say. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I loved that they started introducing powered people. I think that opens up the show a lot more in the future because in the beginning, I felt like they were really trying to shy away from it. Like if you yeah. look at season mm-hmm. one, they wait, you know, a, a while before they start really showing people with different types of powers. Um, and now, you know, it seems like, okay, well now there's there's an opportunity to have many many more especially with how you know some things happen in, in the end of season two so. did you find that i can add for both of you do you did you find that your opinions of these new characters changed or remain the same over time or you know because um, like it's weird to introduce like basically season two started with like 
hey, here's a bunch of new people. Have fun, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, so my my feelings on the season kind of lead into that question, which is that um, storylines aside, because I was with you, Scott, sort of where some of the things they were doing, I just was like, it was almost like taxing more than it was oh enjoyable. it felt so different everybody had new haircuts it was so <laughs> stressful it really was you know and uh uh but what the show i think really excels at and what they started to excel at after the captain america from season one mm. is character exploration and i think they've done a really good job of going through each one of the characters you know talking about backstory giving you like fill-ins on who they are and what they're feeling and and even like characters like uh kyle mclaughlin's character who i personally feel like was uh cal right was his first cal, name. yeah yeah i personally feel like was possibly my favorite storyline of the entire season by the end of it like yeah his arc was great his arc was so fantastic and it felt sort of like they they did that thing that they do very well which is that the beginning of the season when you met his character you kind of felt like oh this feels sort of one-dimensional like it feels like where he's playing it really well it doesn't feel like this specific character Mm -hmm. can go anywhere Mm -hmm. and they did such a great job with with just different moments like throughout uh, that he would have that just made you go like you know not only like relate to but sort of like feel for this character you know um, yeah and what's yep, going absolutely. on with him so i think the show does a really good job of that so it was kind of like even char- like i didn't really love mac pretty much the entire season his character felt annoying to me it, it mm-hmm. seemed like he never knew what the hell he wanted to do and it just it just was mm-hmm. it was just stupid mm-hmm. it just felt like an, an excessive character that didn't need to be there kind of like until that last episode, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And then they did that, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So, like, I was rooting for him, you know, yeah. like through the whole thing, and and it was, but it was kind of because he finally did something, you know, he finally stopped waffling all over every decision and everything. Like, oh, I don't know what I want. I don't know if I like uh-huh. this guy. It's like, well, I don't need you to be my voice of I don't know if I like this guy. You know, like we all get it. We all don't know if we like these characters. You yeah. know, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but by then, the like, I think by the end of the season. Very few. I mean, I don't know that any of them did, but none of these characters to me felt like throwaway characters by the end, you know? No, they did nope. not. And, and like, I, uh, Melissa and I realized last night while watching it that, like, I, um, I can't, or two nights ago, I guess, um, I have to be very careful about which characters I like because they die. (laughs) (laughs) So I like, I just stopped saying I like characters now. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. I like this, you know? Um, That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, they did not. I mean, we're spoiler free, but they fucking killed a lot of people this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe even more than on my hands, like, counting them. So a it lot of pe- a decent amount. Yeah, a lot of people did not make it. So yeah, so but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, think overall, like, I think it was a good season. I think the ending episode, the two hour finale, was was batshit crazy awesome. So. Yeah, like all the way until the very last second, you know, like yeah. just like the whole and man, like the last couple of episodes, some of the fight scenes in these last few episodes. Oh, like, my gosh. Right. Yeah. They right? they must have just gotten an I don't want to say a new stunt choreographer or the way they shot the fights. I think since their the daredevil influence kicked in, mm-hmm. it's been different. They stopped doing shaky cam stuff and like held the camera still. And then added some effects and stuff to it, yeah. but it nobody has wants been... to see that shaky cam stuff. No, see, well... I don't. I still think uh, Daredevil has better fight scenes, but I think sure. this this show has amped them up quite a bit, especially for network television. It's like, oh yeah, really good. it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Here's that. There was that one scene with Sky. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, just man. like 
Man, actually, a lot of good sky fight scenes lately. It's like I want to go back and watch that one in particular again from a you know that that you refer to from a few uh, few episodes ago. Not to, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, it's great. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they, there's some great moments. I, I'm really hoping that that uh, they sort of. I don't think this is spoilery. If it's spoilery, no one will ever hear this, and I'll just say it out loud. How's that? <laughs> okay. I love that they have moved away from Hydra being the only sort of enemy. Yes. No, I think that's season. very smart. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. very smart. I think I think it was good to be like, okay, there's the world is bigger than just these two names, you know, Shield and Hydra. Absolutely. Which I thought was good. Not that Hydra's gone, just that it was it was a neat take to to move away from. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Is that spoilery? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so it's one 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 quick thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in our uh, we need to talk episode season one of Shield. I think we were all kind of saying that we were iffy on the sky character. And now yeah. after season two, like near the top of my list of characters, I love the sky I, character. I now. don't know that she's like top two or three on, for me, um, which there aren't a lot of characters. That's why I had to think for a second. I was like, <laughs> do I rank here? But I do like her a lot. I, they've, they've created a much better character out of her than they started with, you know, which yeah. maybe, I mean, obviously this was probably the plan all along, but it was, definitely much more compelling towards the end of the second season to watch her, you know, go through these stories than it, than it was season one. Season one was very like, eh, okay. For the first half, you know? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, um, I hear the siren wailing outside, so I think that's my <laughs> cue to go. All right, uh, man. But thanks for letting me sit in. I hope the rest of the show goes well and thanks, uh, man. we'll talk soon guys. All right. Talk soon. All right. See you everybody. All right, so um, a bunch of trailers dropped this week, and they're all from fun genre things. I thought it might be a good time to chat about them. So uh, first on the list is uh, the CW's Legends of Tomorrow, or the CW's DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. uh, Which is a spinoff of Arrow and Flash. And uh, if you haven't been keeping up with those shows, it is filled with spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I watched it having not kept up with those shows, but it's okay because... yeah. The thing I learned is that one of the characters I dislike the most is back. <laughs> it's all right. Ugh. But uh, Legends of Tomorrow has like uh, Captain Cold and Heat Wave and the Atom mm-hmm. and the White Canary. White Canary? The White Canary. That's what they're Did calling they her now. that up for the TV show? I don't know. I don't I know. I'm not a big DC guy, so maybe our listeners can. I'm not either. Yeah. Tweet at us and tell us if there is a white canary. Oh no, there wasn't a white canary. It looks like. Oh well, there you go. Look at that. Yeah, and they show how white canary comes to be in the trailer. So if you want to be surprised, <laughs> then don't watch the trailer. But um, we kind of called that, you know. Yeah. That yeah. long ago. So there's that, and then there's what Hawk Girl and uh, uh, Adam. Yeah, Adam, and what's and, his name? Uh... Barnabas Bigaby, the time no, traveler. Uh, What's oh, his the name? time traveler, yeah. What's, what is his name? He's Randall like, Savage. No. Randall Savage and then uh, Firestorm too, right? Did you say Firestorm? I didn't say Firestorm. Yeah, Firestorm. Right. So um, I actually really liked this trailer because the, the scope of it was much larger than what I was expecting. Yeah, I, uh, I conceptually like the idea of the show. Uh, the effects look a little hokey. Yeah. But... Yeah. Like not a little hokey. They look real hokey. I was watching them on like a tiny YouTube screen and I can't imagine watching them on like my 50 inch TV. Yeah. Having yeah. them look anywhere near. Okay. But, 
but uh you know maybe it's maybe this is early in production they might up it you know if the show does well we saw with arrow like the production value went up insanely for season two so um uh, you know i think conceptually i like the idea of a bigger scope with like a real superhero team fighting together you know that's that's cool yeah it looks like they'll be flying around and there's going to be time travel involved that's i guess the the main premise of the show the team's going to jump around the timeline trying to prevent some sort of big paradox or something from occurring. But does it, does it make you feel like now that we're in this nexus of, of, you know, TV shows and movies for superheroes that the sort of cracks in the, in the, you know, armor of, of like how alike DC and Marvel are, are starting to show in so much brighter, like ways. <laughs> like, oh, well, Adam was like fucking Tony Stark. Yeah. Completely. Wait, he was Com- doing what? <laughs> he, hey, oh. <laughs> I'm sure there is fanfic somewhere out there. <laughs> oh, I'm and, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, you know, Adam is like basically Hank Pym or Tony Stark. Like he's he's such like a mixture of those two. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got like uh like uh uh I was just thinking of the one I'm I'm blanking on it now. Uh, there's so many parallels between yeah. the characters and with a show, you know, with a, a team like the team in legends of tomorrow, you have like, you know, ice guy, fire guy. And it's yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's like very, you know, it's very milk toast, but at the same time, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah um, sure. so this will actually be a mid season replacement. Um, Oh, is it? That's what they're saying. So it's going to come in mid season next year. So be like a January release. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it'll do a full like, you know, 22 episodes arrow style style or else it'll be like, you know, 12 or 13. Right. But it, it's cool. And it's going to definitely have cross crossovers with both arrow and flash. So you're looking at, uh, you know, DC doing really well with their, their cinematic universe, but their move, their television cinematic universe yeah. tied together pretty much all the time. So, yeah. That's which cool. is neat. Um, and then we go over to CBS and CBS is having uh, their own Supergirl show, which actually got a lot of mixed messages on Twitter from what I saw. Really? So, yeah. What, what were your first opinions on this? Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I, I'm like not probably the right. Uh, I was never big into Supergirl's like comic. I don't know anything about Supergirl, really, other than that she is related to Superman, I assume. Yes. And um, uh, I don't I didn't it sort of felt like a like unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the superhero TV show. <laughs> That's what a lot of people were saying a lot of people. Oh, really? Were, Did I just say what everybody else is saying? Uh, well, yeah, a lot of well, not exactly Kimmy Schmidt, but the fact that it looks like a kind of a coming of age comedy. Uh, except I don't know that for, that's bad though, is it? I don't feel like it could. It, that could be good. See, that was the argument. That was the argument. Some people were like, "This is the perfect tone for that character," and other people were like, "What the fuck is this? Like, it's a weird, it's a weird coming of age comedy." I'm actually, I'm fine with it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like it. The Supergirl has to be, you know, like what do they want? Like dark and gritty Supergirl yeah, I don't, TV show? Like, I don't this, think that's the case, right? For so, for one, it's going to be. This is going to be one of the f- few like mainline superhero characters in primetime network television, right? Like, yeah. so this is one of the big three. The only, they had what Constantine, I guess, and Gotham, which I barely consider a superhero show. Right. Like this is, this is like real deal. Like there's a girl flying through the air <laughs> doing stuff, which is insane 
to think about for like network television, like right. at, seven, at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday, you know? Yeah, it's very strange. And, it, you know, again, we say this almost every week, but it's it's absolutely fucking crazy that we're getting like all of this at once. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like movies every five months and then like, you know, six or seven superhero TV shows on the air at the same time. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, based on the tone of the show, if they have good writing and it's funny, like, I think that show could be really good and enjoyable. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily hate it immediately just because it's like a weird sort of like, you know, coming of age seems wrong. It's more like a tw- like 20 something kind of like, yeah. you know, growing up. I guess it's kind of coming of age, but older than I would think of coming of age usually being. Uh, like, I, I think if they can nail the comedic tone and like do it right, that could be a really fun show. Like, that might be fine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to give it a shot for sure. And yeah. um, I think you know, from what I saw, the supporting cast, they all look like they're, you know, good actors and stuff. So it could be yeah. could be fun. Um, and last but definitely not least is Gem and the Holograms. Well, did you say holograms or holo- holograms? Holograms, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> I've been saying shit wrong all week. <laughs> so I want your thoughts first on this. Did you watch the cartoon growing up? Yeah. So this, when I was a kid in elementary school, this was actually on before Thundercats. Yeah. So so I'd get up before elementary school and I'd watch Gem and then I'd watch holog- uh, Holograms and I watched Thundercats and I'd eat cereal and then I'd go to elementary school. So I actually I watched a lot of Gem growing up as a kid. Um, and uh, it kind of I mean to be honest, this this, this trailer kind of bummed me out. Like it doesn't have any <laughs> anything that I remember. And like honestly, um, you know the the music of Gem as a little kid in elementary school. You know we're talking about the eighties where like there's a lot of like you know, pop punk, a lot of like, uh, you know, a, a lot of great music was coming out of that era. And Jem right. kind of captured some of that music. Like they were, you know, a synth pop punk band and the misfits were like, you know, their, their rivals were a, a punk band. Yeah. So um, that is not what is in this. I, yeah. I always thought of Jem in the holograms more, more like Joan Jettish than, yeah. than uh, Katy Perry, which is sort of where it felt like it went real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I would, and then was, I would even say like even worse, like, cause you guys know I'm a Katy Perry fan, but even worse than like the pop sensibilities, Katy Perry, like this was like really, really sterile feeling. Yeah. I, like it made me wish Josie and the Pussycats was getting re-released in theater oh. over Jim and the holograms. It just was such a weird tone to take with this movie. Like this is a kid's cartoon that like, granted the people who remember Jim and the holograms are all our age. Like yeah. no, no kids watch Jim and the holograms right now, but I don't, I don't think, you know, maybe there's a few, but, but like it, it was, it's weird to see that they took that notion and then went like, well, what would adults want to watch? Like, I think they're going to want to watch this group go pop and then break up. And then like, it was like, yeah, like oh, your YouTube clip went viral. I just wanted yeah. to fucking vomit on everything. <laughs> like it just reminded me of like when I was at PAX and those guys were like, how many hits you got on your, on your blog, bro. <laughs> I don't think we ever talked about that. I think we may, I don't know. We may have, but, um, but yeah, it it was a super weird tone and I walked away with the same feeling of kind of just like, huh? Okay. Like I'm actually one of my friends who's a bassist in, uh, uh, you know, or tyranny who plays with this great band called the pauses who I think we've talked about before. Yeah. They're very good. They're fantastic. She also plays with Matt pond. Who's amazing. And, but she's a, she's a humongous, uh, 
gem and the holograms. Oh, and, she must have lost her fucking mind. And and her her sister's name is Kimber. Like like she's like <laughs> her family like watched all the time. She loved gem and the holograms. And yeah. uh, I have not heard her reaction. I'm going to see her. I think tomorrow or Saturday. Oh, that's great. And I'm going to be like, hey, so did you see that gem and the holograms trailer? <laughs> see what she's a says. fucking nosebleed. And just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just uh, really bad. It was just bad yeah. because it was. Um, even more so than like the Michael Bay Transformers films and, and stuff like that, which still had the same feel and tone right. of the show. Right. Uh, even though, you know, it wasn't the same. It was still like, oh, there's Optimus. It's Optimus. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> this is like. He's still blue and red. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. He still fucking transforms, man. <laughs> like if you like that they made a Transformers film and like they never transformed and all they did was load cargo. So like, remind <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> Just drove around yeah like what it is was all shit? just shia labeouf just talking <laughs> all the time uh so remind me though wasn't there like some magic to gem in the holograms like didn't they yeah she finds like uh, a supercomputer uh i want to say the oh right there's like a Sin- mad max yeah or not mad max uh, a max headroom kind of thing yeah about. and like the the computer projects a hologram onto the girls and gives them like secret identities and then they yeah. go and do like you know fun adventures Right. Um, and then they have their like their normal civilian, you know, av- average in finger quote forms. And then the, they get the holograms cast on them. Um, so it was cool. It had like this huh. kind of cyberpunky thing going yeah. on. And then the misfits were like the rival band who were like gritty with like face makeup and like, you know, th- kind of thrashy songs. So it was like really cool and edgy for like a cartoon right. in the 80s. That's what I remembered. It just yeah. felt, it felt very whitewashed. Like it was like. Just odd. It was an odd feeling when I walked away from it. Yeah, know. it's a bummer. It's kind of a bummer they did it. So, thumbs down. I think the, <laughs> the, the thumbs down. Can we start doing that? Could be our thing. <laughs> I don't think that can be our thing. No, uh, I can't. Think, Damn. I think somebody else had that thing already. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, pretty sure. Man. Good old games. Uh, we we got a secret. Did you get the email, Ash? Are you part of the the alpha or the beta? I don't beta? think I am. So Scott and I got this this uh, secret email from uh, from Good Old Games saying, "Hey, go to this site and sign up for a uh, a beta or alpha of our new service called Galaxy." And uh, basically, this is G- Good Old Games uh, fighting Steam. Um, this is a this is a library uh, uh, storage for your games. You can buy through the through the the service, and then they're there, and you can one-click install them. They're DRM-free. You can back up, download them to your computer. Uh, they're supposedly offering, you know, like, support for Mac and PC and uh, offline abilities and all this kind of stuff. Um, so it is, it's pretty neat. The UI works really well so far, and it's only an alpha, um, but they're building a sort of good old games community around around their game library and uh you'll the be able to drm free is uh gonna get them a lot of fans big. that's yeah. gonna get them a lot of fans and they've got some big these are not tiny games that are drm free the witchers full series is on there um of course there's a a bunch of classics from knights of the old republic and and, and some other things um but what one thing that i really enjoyed was that so i you know signed in um installed the software and uh fired it up and right off the bat my anything i've bought like not a ton but like seven games through good old games in the past all of them sitting right there waiting for me like ready to go uh like i could one click install any one of them from right where i was and it was pretty it was pretty smooth and and nice i would have to say um, that's awesome so uh i think it's an alpha right now i think they already closed the signups i'm not i'm not 100% positive but i think that's the case 
I'm sure they're going to roll to beta pretty quickly if they're already doing um, open invites on it or doing invites at all on it. Uh, but keep your eyes open. I, I was very pleasantly surprised. And that DRM thing, that's going to be the kicker. And honestly, I think we were talking about this, uh, me and uh, one of Melissa's coworkers who she works for a video delivery place too. And we were talking about DRM with video because, you know, lots of places have it like any Netflix and, you know, uh, Hulu, all those guys deal with DRM. And, uh, they were talking about, Oh, you know, they're a startup and they're like kind of punk Rocky, like, Oh, DRM's going to be gone, you know, soon. And I was like, I think it's gonna be around for a while. But the thing that always is needed is some sort of major player coming forward and going like, nope, we're not going to do DRM. Like, this is the way we're going to do it. And yeah, yeah. for MP3s, that was Amazon. Amazon came forward and said, we're not going to have DRM anymore. We're going to do a- a- DRM-free, which is ironic because then everything else they've ever done since has been DRM'd. But, <laughs> but um, although I think they just announced Audible went DRM-free too, right? I think you can actually download and keep your audiobooks now, like regardless of oh, yeah? the, the app. I don't remember. For sure. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look it up. Um, so this could be, this has kind of always been good old games thing, but having this sort of service and this library and like being able to, you know, go from computer to computer much easier than, than kind of in the past could be kind of awesome. This could really do what, what people need. So check it out. Keep an eye out. Definitely check it out. Full show. Yeah. Yeah. Good old games. Galaxy. You might be able, like I said, I, you might be able to sign up still. I don't remember. Uh, I'm not looking at it at the moment. So check it out. Uh, now do you want to take a break and we'll come back and talk about Montage of Heck? Let's do it. Quick break. Quick break. Montage of Heck, man. So, Montage of Heck is a documentary about Kurt Cobain and, and, and of course, also Nirvana. Um, how big of a Nirvana fan were you? Because I don't actually know how much into Nirvana you were. Early. I was, uh, I was huge into Nirvana to the point where this is a completely true story. Uh, on the day that he killed himself, I was at Universal Studios with two of my best friends and. All three of us were wearing Nirvana t-shirts oh, the, really? the day that he committed suicide. And we took a cab from um, Universal back to our hotel because we were like I don't know, 14, 15, something like that. I was going to say, you couldn't have been there. I'm like, wait, I was 13 when yeah, this happened. Yeah. How so, old were you? Yeah. So I, um, I took a cab back and the cabbie was like, hey, did you hear Cobain shot himself? And all of us were in the backseat like, what? No. So yeah. um, you know, we were huge fans and uh, – uh, it was interesting. This is was a, a a really different sort of look at Cobain and and the music of Nirvana. So, so I'm interested in in your perspective. Ooh, uh, I too was a big Nirvana fan, um, and I found out when I went into school that day because I think it was a school day. It was like middle of the week, wasn't it? I think so. I think we were just um, skipping or something. And uh, my this like punk rock friend I had that was like super punk rock for being thirteen or twelve or however we were thirteen or no we were older than that how old were we fourteen was it ninety four or ninety three four I think ninety four yeah. so we we're fourteen and uh, she had like you know like green and blue hair and like wore like black lipstick she was like super cool punk rock friend I had and I was like what's going on and she was like crying 
And oh, I was man. like, what's going on? And she was like, Kurt Cobain killed himself. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, no, he didn't. She was like, yeah, he did. And that was like, that was how I found out. Yeah, yeah. It was my friend at school. Um, I, too, was, I was uh, cautiously optimistic about this documentary because there's a lot of weirdness surrounding him and his legacy and his, his sort of rights to the materials that are his. And, you know, there's historically been a lot of fights between like Courtney love and Dave Grohl. And, and I know that her, his daughter, uh, Francis Bean was one of the producers or executive producers on this documentary. Really? Got, I was not aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. She, I think she was a producer. I'll, I'll look it up to be sure. But, um, she, uh, because she's in it a lot as a baby. You know, she's you in it, yeah, a ton as a baby. And um, oh no, yeah, produced executive producer Francis Bean Cobain. So there she was one of the. She was the only family member that was listed in, in producing it. Interesting. Um, but so I was like, sort of felt a little better. I was like, well, maybe you know, this isn't going to be sort of exploitation porn, which is what I was worried about. Um, just because it's a weird, it is weird. He, this is a man who was dealing with a severe depression and drug addiction. You know, this wasn't some glamorous, like he went out, you know, in a blaze of glory. This was a guy in a cabin by himself, you know, it, yeah. it was very yeah. weird and dark. So, um, I was a little worried, but I would say the first half, the, the early life was what I was really excited about. And it paid off really well. It was int- it was a really well done, interesting view of a-, a piece of his life that you would have never known about. Otherwise. Oh yeah, I mean the like that- the the thing that like our listeners should probably know is what what the the film is based around are recordings that Cobain did himself, and that he yeah. had kind of locked away in a shoebox someplace um, where he's like more or less you know telling you know recording the story of his life before he died. And also, you know, he does a lot of uh, recordings, demo tapes and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So there's like hundreds and hundreds of hours of um, of stuff that no one's ever heard before. And rather than doing like dramatic reenactments, they just kind of play the recordings and then they'll either animate over them or play family home movies. So it's a right. very, you know, it's a very, very personal film about about this guy's life, which is, you know, kind of fascinating. The opening shot um, once I think there's an opening animation scene and then the first uh, old footage shot is of him at like the age of like two and they're like who are you and he's like i'm kurt cobain and like to hear that voice say that name is so like oh my god he was a kid like he was a happy little kid running around for a long period of time and uh uh it was it was just very interesting and like once we got to certain parts i had read you know i was so obsessive for a while i read like interviews and all this other stuff so i knew like about his teenage life like kind of how he bounced around homes and He's got songs about it. I mean, that it was pretty clear that he had sort of a rough. He came from a divorced family and had sort of a rough, you know, teenage life. Um, but yeah, his home recordings. So he, what he did to be to be even more expressive about it was that he basically he was a super driven guy. Like he wanted to be a musician. He loved writing and playing punk rock. Like that was his thing. And so he, you know, had detailed. They showed some of the. But he and they edit, and they animated some of them too. But he had these detailed notes about, you know, chords he would make and songs he was writing and lyrics that were just jotted all over the random places and and you know ideas for how a band would work and how many people and how much money it would cost. And then he basically, when he moved in with his first like girlfriend, 
he just recorded everything. He just he recorded literally everything he did all day long. So he would, like even answering the phone and shit. He'd, you know? Yeah, he'd be walking around the house and would just be. You'd hear him like saying something or humming a tune, and then you'd see him sit down with the, or hear him sit down with a guitar and start playing. And so he just had these just like you know insane amounts of tapes. Like Ash said, just hundreds of hours of audio of him just living essentially when he was in his uh, late teens, early twenties at that point. Um, so, and the other thing I thought I wanted to see what your perspective on this was, but. The thing I thought they captured really well that that a lot of people probably don't think about or realize at this point since we're, you know, 20, 20 plus years later, but they went from relative obscurity to ginormous band in like the span of a few months. Yeah, was this was not like a slow build where they were, you know, their their rise to fame was smooth and steady. It was like. They put out Bleach, and then I think like nine months later they were recording Nevermind, and then exploded, like yeah. exploded through through sizes that no one could think about. Yeah, once that Smells Like Teen Spirit video dropped, um, you know it was it was ridiculous because MTV in the '90s that that was it, like you yeah, know, making a video and all of a sudden you had millions of eyes on your band, and yeah. then people would go out to the store and actually you know pay 15 bucks for your record <laughs> yeah you know that's just it was different in the 90s so um you're absolutely right yeah it was it was interesting to see that shift so quickly for those guys yeah um so i thought that was really interesting i thought that was done really well um we talked a little bit about this on slack but uh the the turn that happens um when he meets courtney love and gets kind of back on drugs because uh, he had gone on and off of heroin a couple times i think at that point he yeah. started off smoking weed and you know like it's the classic like 90s drug uh warning commercials like weed is a gateway drug to <laughs> you know heroin which is a weird concept but th- yeah. so he went to that one and and uh at that point it takes a turn and it becomes pretty dark pretty yeah quick. like that's kind of um you know, even if like if our listeners are listening and they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck Nirvana, I don't care about that band," you should still watch this. It's a really great examination of uh of 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 drugs and what they can do to you. You know, even if you are, you know, at, at the height of your popularity, uh, you know, it's a good analysis of 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 drug abuse and of depression. You know, because yeah. you get to actually yeah. witness a lot of you know the stuff he's going through in his own words. And then kind of get to see it unfold through these different tapes. So it's interesting. And it is, you know, near the end of the film, it does get very dark. The last, you know, six months of his life are are awful. Like, yeah. you know, awful. And they show him, you know, they show footage of uh, one of Francis's birthdays. And, and Kurt is there and he's like, he's got to be like 90 pounds. Like he is yeah. tiny. Yeah. Like, you know, rail thin. He can't even keep his eyes open. He's on. He's like high on heroin while they're filming him. And he's just yeah. passing out while he's holding his daughter. And you're just like, oh, dude, this is just awful to watch this guy like, yeah, you know, this guy lose it. So and they and they talk about they go in depth kind of on um, the the sort of shitstorm that surrounded him and Courtney uh, Love when they were getting married and you know having the baby and you know all this stuff about whether they were on drugs when they had the baby and and you know whether Courtney was just trying to marry Kurt for money and like you know when it's when you're reading it in a magazine you think oh well you know like you have some opinion that you formed on on Courtney Love as a person and then when you watch this sort of his side of it and you kind of put yourself not in directly in his position but you think about like well what if a bunch of people were attacking my wife like all of a sudden 
Yeah. Like, like I would be livid. I'd be, I, there's no way I would like deal with that. Well, in any way, you know, like, like these people that don't even know her, like just, just calling her the worst things and, you know, saying that she's destroying my life. And like, maybe, like maybe she was, maybe she wasn't whatever. Cause he's definitely part of that equation. It's just like when I put myself in that position, it, it did show me, it showed you that side of like just how crazy it got at certain times. Oh, for you know? sure. Like he was on, on stage at a concert in front of, I don't know, looked like well over 10,000 people. And he was like, well, you guys tell my wife that you like her because she's upset. And it's just like, whoa, yeah. dude, like, <laughs> yeah, this is like a major thing for you and your family. So, yeah, I don't know. I so, mean, it was really interesting. Like, um, you know, I just think if you're a fan of music documentaries at all, if you're a fan of yeah. music history at all, um, definitely check it out. It's on HBO now. Montage of Heck. The animation is gorgeous. So I didn't really mention mm-hmm. that. But the, yeah. the parts that they animate from his childhood are all kind of rotoscoped, like old Ralph Bakshi style. Yeah. So you get to see, um, you know, really pretty awesome rotoscope animation kind of set to these old tapes of his. So it's really cool. Yeah, it, it is really cool. And and I think up there, I don't know if it's it's definitely not my favorite, you know, musical documentary ever created. And, you know, I love them. I watch them like endlessly. But uh, but it's good. It's really good. And if you were at all a Nirvana fan, I would say watch it. You know, it's probably not all going to be news and surprises to you. But the early life stuff is really great. And I thought. Uh, done really well and uh even the later stuff as depressing and kind of dark as it is is a, a really like you said a really good take and a really good uh viewpoint of what depression and drug abuse can can become you know so cool check so it out cool montage of heck on hbo um we'll take a quick break since we basically did our other reviews early on when scott was here yes uh and we'll we'll come back with find out what's in your your shameful netflix queue i know that's shameful i was expecting worse I said earlier in the show, uh, I was kind of laying there and I was like looking at my Netflix queue and, and I looked at the suggested videos and I was like, why were those suggested? And then I kind of wondered <laughs> what uh, were in what, sorry, what titles were in your Netflix queues as suggested videos. And so um, we got some good ones. First one is from uh, Mr. Robert Freemering, who's Mr. Slick on Twitter. He says, um, I do like detective shows. He got uh, Batman, Sherlock, Merlin and Bones on in his list so wow it's a lot of uh, a lot of detective shows we've uh we've watched merlin and for as kind of schlocky and bbc-ish as it is it's a really fun show a is lot it of good times. yeah it's like it's not great by any means but it is a fun show i like i like the guy who plays merlin he's a good kind of dork <laughs> which is perfect um Alyssa at Lissabit says, apparently the kids have been watching cartoons on my profile because there's justice league young justice and clone wars yeah, well, those right. are all great. It's not the kids. Those are great cartoons. Yeah, Watch those them. are great. Oh, man. Next one's from Mike D. From from the Beastie Boys? Mike D. Yeah, no. Mike D from my old <laughs> Warcraft guild. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, cheers, Deadwood and Hell on Wheels. Awesome. Those are good. Good taste in movies. He says, no country for old men, thin red line, and pooty tang. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and he says, hashtag in this boy's soul. That is actually a really good analysis of Mike D as a human. <laughs> like he loves, he loves World War II stuff. He definitely loves shit like Pootie Tang. And I can see him um, definitely. Actually, yeah, he showed up as uh, someone uh, from south of the border at one of my Halloween parties one year. So I can see <laughs> there's a lot of cow- cowboy in him. Uh, Doc Helios, uh, our, our resident doctor, uh, Micah at MD Gar, says Prison Break, Dexter, and Scrubs. Kind of a terrifying combination. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it really is. Prison Break, Dexter, and Scrubs. That, that's, that's a good analysis of Micah, actually. <laughs> um, Alex, who's uh, Alex uh, at N7, says Supernatural, Gilmore Girls, and Death Note. <laughs> that's a, there's actually a lot of Supernatural on this list. Gilmore Girls and Death Note. That's amazing. Uh, so next up is uh, Real Mylon Barrows at Mylon B. Hi, Mylon. Uh, Chris D'Elia's Incorrigible, uh, Catching Fire, and The Killing. Man, we've got a lot of murderous, murderous <laughs> listeners. Should we tell our listeners that we have a yet-to-be-published Chris D'Elia exclusive uh, interview from, from 2010? <laughs> I don't want to talk about how terrible that fucking interview was. That That, like... I'm sure people like him, but that that colored my view on him for the rest of the, uh, the time. I, I'm it's in the archives. For our listeners, we do have archives of unpublished interviews. You'll never hear them. <laughs> <laughs> that one was an audio. I don't think it was. I think, I think that was, was a, that was just print. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Omar, who's at, uh, at Elite Mad Skills on Twitter, says, "In my top three is Malcolm Middle, Ink Master, and Raising Ho." I think it's supposed to say Raising Hope, right? Nope, just Raising Ho. Raising Ho. <laughs> and he says, I don't like any of them. <laughs> the sad face. <laughs> uh, fluffy Battle Kitten I, uh, at Diagonalog. I like that. says, I've got Arrow, Supernatural, and Sons of Anarchy. That's good stuff. That's good. Supernatural's fun. I'll, I'll defend it. Do you have, do you have yours? Uh, I'm pulling it up, so if you want to do yours. All right, so mine. Yours. I have the 4400. I don't even know what that is. What is that? I don't know what that is. I think it's like the hundreds. I I don't know why I got that, but it says the 4400. There came an Echo, which is like that 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 weird, like, robot ET type movie that just came Uh out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And the United States of Terra. Is that the? Is it? That's not Showtime. That's HBO, right? I think. Uh, I I think the one, where the, one the one actress plays like a yeah. Split, split yeah yeah yeah. yeah I actually person. looked at why they gave me that one because I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and they gave me that because I watched Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three. <laughs> <laughs> it tainted my cue. <laughs> Queen of Brassex at Desert Hooker says Chuck. Good show. The Tomorrow People and Death in Paradise. Interesting. Mm. I don't know what Death in Paradise is. I don't either. We'll have to look it up. Uh, next up is Bell at Desert Bell. Forensic Files. Amazing. For hoarders and Catching Killers. <laughs> <laughs> this is because I watch a lot of historical documentaries. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Catching Killers, Forensic Files, and Hoarders. It's like yeah. just like all about mental illness. 
Do you remember when I watched like the first 48 forever? Whenever? Oh, I did that too, man. There was a really dark couple months. That show. That I, show. I think I saw like like three seasons worth of that show. <laughs> oh, man. It was all like Miami, <laughs> like Texas. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Uh, next is Kate Dollarhide. Kate D. Hey, Kate. She says, uh, Psych, Criminal Minds, and Bones. Oh, that's nice. Uh, next up is Andrew Baker at a Baker and seven Dawn of the planet of the apes. <laughs> There's a lot of, of this Dawn of the planet of the apes house of lies and chef's table. Not sure re- how reality TV got in there. Hate that stuff. Chef's table is not really reality TV. As I said, uh, on the previous episode with Kate, it is, uh, screwed up chefs talking about how important food is. <laughs> uh, I'll do mine now if you would like. Sure. Uh, so is it just the first three? Is that what we're looking for? The first for? three, yeah. In the top picks for Matthew? Yep. It is The West Wing. Ah. Legit. What is that? And, uh, that's the FX show with that, uh, I think he's like an Aussie comedian. Oh, okay. Uh, and my phone just turned off. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, good. Those are good. Those You shouldn't be embarrassed about those. I'm not. I, so I thought they were going to be the ones that are in my queue, which I haven't actually done. I haven't managed my queue in like... I don't know how long. <laughs> do they even have a queue anymore? Is yeah, still... they do. It's yeah. Let's see. Do you know what's in your queue? Um, I I have shit from like five years ago in there. Oh right, isn't yeah. it terrifying that you might what might be in there? Yeah, I had a I had a movie called <laughs> I have a movie in there I put in there just to make Christina mad. I've actually never watched it with one hundred percent sincerity, but it's called Nude Nude Nuns with Big Guns. <laughs> It's still in my queue. Wait, so, you want this? This is the weirdest blend. My my queue is radio. <laughs> that freaking uh, football movie with uh, what's his name? Uh, that '70s show <laughs> and Sling Blade. <laughs> Those are very random. Oh man, I don't have nuns with big guns though. Nude nuns with big guns. Um, nope. So we have one from Ocular Nervosa. Uh, who's at Ocular Nervosa. I think we had an episode of this show called that, by the way. Um, Mad Men, Louis C.K., and Parks and Recreation. So that's a phenomenal recommendation. It's list. really good. This is like super good taste. Uh, Chris Jenkins at Cloglip says they came together, which I saw your conversation on Twitter. I can't believe you and Mylin don't like that movie. That's uh, that I, a I actually, I didn't, I wasn't part of that conversation, but I actually didn't like that movie. What? Yeah. I what about the scene where he's like, say that again? And then he just repeats the line for like 15 minutes. That, that was actually kind of funny. <laughs> you can say that again. I don't <laughs> think they should really be together. You can say that again. I don't think they should really be together. That was such perfect. <laughs> uh, the prize winner of Defiance, Ohio. I do not know what that is, Chris. Do I. And the Babadook. <laughs> not sure what to make of that. <laughs> Gotta watch the Babadook. It's a classic. Uh, Cliffy Joel says Angel, Supernatural, and Alias. Man, that's a, that's a like, tight grouping right there. It's pretty good. Like I love Alias. I need to watch that show again. And uh, last up, Jennifer Ard at Jenny the Pirate. Three different varieties of Star Trek. <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing. Actually, the ultimate nerd suggestions. That's great. Well, thank you guys for chiming in. I think we only asked this one once, and we got like a barrage of responses. So you guys were very eager to show off your Netflix taste. Um, you guys can uh, find us on on Twitter, and that's at Nerd Appropriate on Twitter. You can go to our Facebook page, and that is uh, slash Nerd Appropriate on Facebook. 
And of course, uh, you know, we are available all over the place. So subscribe to our show and rate us and all that. And thank you guys very much for listening to episode 202 of the Rated Yay. NA podcast. All right. And uh, we'll be back next week with a guest. Oh, boy. We'll explain who the guest is later. Not on this episode, but on social <laughs> oh, on media. Later, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, guys. <laughs>